0: I'm rather busy. Uh, now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole
1: life. You know. So I like the implication that everything in the X-Files is true because half of the things in this episode are, quote-unquote, real bits of extraterrestrial lore, it turns out. Really? Yeah, like the wow signal, for example, is a real thing. Our Arcebo was, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, Voyager and all. I really – this is certainly going off with the – you know, telling us the time and date of every and location of all of the different scenes are. I mean, the ver- the beginning of this episode is almost a little documentary about uh, different things about UFO history, which of course, obviously, this show did so well because this was around the time people were beginning to become very interested in UFOs again. Just one of those cyclical national obsessions, and I don't know, I it gives a particular tone of this is all really happening that I like that you don't see in a ton of TV nowadays either. I mean... That
0: that is true, certainly.
1: I, I haven't thought of you know none of the big prestige dramas of the past few years. Certainly Mad Men was based in some certain aspects of but nobody was expect nobody was pretending as this is real. Breaking bad isn't actually happening right now outside our door. But what's going on in the X Files with this alien stuff, this is real, man. Mm-hmm. It gives it it gives a nice kind of there is a bit of hokiness to that flavor, but it's one that I like a lot. I don't know. It 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 certainly helps the show's themes of the truth being out there if you can pretend that it's real truth, not just truth within the frame of the series that makes it hit that much harder.
0: Well, I think that at some point we will have to have a conversation about the the time and place in which The X-Files was made. And I don't think that this week is the right time to do that, but certainly there is an air in 1993 1994 1995 yeah that is very different from the environment that we are in (laughs) and we will discuss that at some point in the future i think we will also probably discuss it when we get to the 10th season which was done after you know 12 years after the show was canceled or whatever it was 15 years something like that uh and it just didn't The show just didn't work as well because the the cultural and sociological environment it was made in was just very different. But that's a side issue. I think that I like this episode a lot. And I like both of these episodes a lot. Um, And I think that primarily what is striking to me about Little Green Men is this – Glenn Morgan and James Wong, who wrote this episode, they said that they kind of approached this as a second pilot – the X-Files yeah. has been shut down. They need to reestablish where Mulder and Scully are. Skinner plays a very large role in yeah. both of these episodes, which is interesting. And so he's obviously a character that is sticking around. And I think that, especially in The Host, he's got some interesting yeah, I thoughts him, about what's going on here.
1: He's a character I'm having a very hard time reading, and it's going to be interesting to talk about him.
0: And you're supposed to. Yeah. But I... I the show has come back from from its first season i think with this episode feels very very confident and self assured yeah. and it is very ambitious and it's doing a lot of different things and i think it pulls them off least of which is making british columbia look like puerto rico oh man
1: oh man that was i didn't know where that was filmed yeah it was yeah. it
0: was filmed in bc
1: that's that's great um I really like how both of them are handling and dealing seriously with the premise of the X-Files has been shut down. They're keeping the X-Files shut down, but they're also recognizing that, especially this early in the run, if you don't have Mulder and Scully, you don't really have a show. So there is a very specific balancing act they need to be doing here, which is, how do we get these characters working together, still on cases, still in the, in a way, the formula of the show? How do we do that with, go without dealing with formula, while still giving them a very serious problem that is damaging the formula? We are very true, seriously dealing with. They know too much, and the X Files is shut down, and we're not going to just immediately reinstate it in the first five minutes of the first episode, like I thought they might have, or frankly, I was, I even thought, all right, by the end of the first episode the X-Files will be back and, you know, it's going to be their cute little, well, the X-Files are back now, you know, Uh oh, and they're not doing that. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's certainly not the case where the X-Files are shut down for five seasons or anything. This is something that gets resolved fairly quickly, but I'm not going to say when. However, I I do think that that the show in these first, I mean, these two episodes, at least in terms of the the X-Files is shut down plot, are being done in a very interesting way because it is a, an ongoing storyline that they're not really explaining and in little green then of course we get the interesting revelation that okay well Mulder is doing some wiretapping stuff they've separated yeah. Mulder and scully and i think that you're right like that's key to they understand why the show works because the show primarily is not about aliens it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. about monsters it's not about any of that stuff that is that is a setting for the show to tell stories about america to tell stories about Mulder and Scully to tell stories about this relationship and in a sense what you get is the show realizing that okay they could not have done this they could not have shut the x-files down in episode 10 of the first yeah, yeah, yeah. season because their their relationship was not there and Mulder and Scully have such a fully formed relationship at this point that the show can separate them to some degree and still make it feel believable and feel real because they have a relationship that is outside of their working relationship at this point. They I think that they care about each other. If they don't have a love for each other, it's it's very close to
1: that. Yeah. They uh, and I think they've also established how with the two of them separated, Scully will feel out of place and Mulder will feel completely unmoored. I I I Mulder looks like a zombie. Yeah, I mean, half of Scully in these two episodes is, you know, Mulder, what the hell is going on? You know, she is very disturbed at the fact that her friend is just losing everything. And I mean, he has that line in the first, you know, before I could only trust myself and now I can trust only you. And they've taken that away from me. He is worse off than he was at the beginning of the series because really working together honed both of them, but gave him... More of a drive to his purpose. With the faith is very important, certainly, but the evidence is strengthening the faith for him, is making his pur- his crusade more plausible, more 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 possible, giving it the success that it needs. Uh, and without that, yeah, he is completely lost. He's, yeah, no, he's a little broken in this episode. Yeah,
0: no, he definitely is. And and one of the interesting things about Little Green Man, of course, is that we, we don't have a clear sense of, of how much time has gone by uh, between yeah. the Erlenmeyer flask, the, the season finale from the first season, and this episode. It seems to be a little bit of time. A couple not, months, maybe. Yeah, a couple months, maybe. Maybe three months, something like that. So it is the case where... We've already gone into this situation and made it a race. Like, we know what's going on, but we don't know everything that's been going yeah. on for the past two, three months. That's also interesting because that's something that television shows used to do. They don't really do that as much anymore. I yeah. mean, the summer was kind of a block of time that you never really saw in a lot of TV shows, <laughs> right? I mean, think about like Buffy, for example, where. They just yeah. they just like pretended that the summer happened, but they never showed it. They're-
1: and in shows that obviously have a school theme, that's very easy to do. I think that's why there were a lot of
0: yeah, school shows. But even a lot, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to rack my brain and think of other shows that have done that sort of thing, and I can't think of like any. Gilmore
1: different. Girls uh, never showed the summer. They always talked about what they were gonna do over right, the summer. Yeah, they would have the first episode maybe is like late late August when they're coming back from their summer stuff, and usually the first ten minutes of the episode are spent. Wow, what a weird summer we have. We did this, this, and this.
0: That is true that there is a there is a sense of a sense of time that a lot of television shows don't have anymore. But I think that what is most interesting to me about this episode, aside from Skinner, which we'll talk about, is the because think back to the pilot, and you actually laughed about this when we talked about the pilot about Mulder having connections in Congress, yeah. and They pick that up. Yeah. Here's Senator Matheson, the hot daddy senator. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And he is apparently still very interested and invested in in Mulder's work. We don't really know why, but it is the case where you you need a way for stories, you you need a way for X-Files stories to still happen, of course, even though the X-Files are closed. And in the first episode, it's Senator Matheson. In the second episode, it's Skinner. But- I think it works.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I laughed at the connections in Congress because it came in the middle of uh, Mulder's slightly. I, Mulder is always slightly paranoid, especially, you know, the, whenever he has. Whenever Mulder has a speech that's more than two sentences, it's always slightly paranoid, right? And so that was in the middle of a, well, they're trying to shut my work down, but they're not gonna, because I have connections in Congress. And and it just comes off as somebody it comes off a little self-aggrandizing. It comes off a little and now we're fine now that we're finding out it's true, and frankly, we've had the whole season to Know that everything that Mulder's been talking about has, for the most part, even if he's been wrong a few times, he's got what a 70 80 percent success rate. So, yeah, I, 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 the fact that oh, you know, I have connections in Congress can be taken seriously at this point. And frankly, this is a senator who seems to like clandestine meetings in the middle of the night, so it, it may just be that kind of person. The senator comes off as a true believer in a lot of ways when he's talking about uh this is the gold record that's on voyager the bach piece and all of that he's talking about a version of aliens that we've never really seen on this show which is that what if first contact is really exciting what if right it's it's it's, it's new life it's something so far we've seen it all as something dangerous something that the government believes needs to be exterminated it's something that you know kidnaps people and Again, the senator seems to be coming up this is what if it's wonderful?
0: I think that's right. Now, of course, the the real issue is that I think that the show is trying to have it both ways a little bit. Because whatever the particulars of what's going on with the aliens in the show, or in, I guess, the reality of the X-Files, it is the case that we kind of know that they exist and we kind of know what they're doing to some degree. Uh, but the, the, Senator th- Matheson doesn't seem to know that, or doesn't seem to believe it. I guess they're trying to make an argument that okay, well, these aliens are dicks, but maybe not all aliens are dicks. I'm not sure. Could
1: it be a yeah? I I I think there is a degree to which the show hasn't quite sold the well. Maybe they just are not meaning to be as you know. Maybe they don't. We experiment on animals all the time. They may not realize we're sentient and. You know, maybe the fact that, yes, they're... they're
0: well, come on. I mean... I,
1: I know. After a while, it comes off to be bullshit. You're right. So...
0: We have cities. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I know. They they they, Which is why I think the show maybe hasn't attempted to sell that line that much. Because you're right. There isn't that much that we could... I
0: just don't think they... I don't think... I mean, the only way that I can really square that circle is that the aliens don't care.
1: Yeah. Uh, which is picking up the theme from the episode two, Deep Throat, there was some technology that people are willing to cross lines. Mulder and Scully find crossing that line to be abhorrent. Many scientists in the world of the X-Files and assumedly the aliens don't seem to mind crossing that line. Yeah. Or don't notice that the or in the case of the aliens may not notice that the line exists.
0: But I think that you know, Little Green Man is always interesting to me though, because the the actual, you know, what Mulder is actually doing in this episode is it's not really resolved, it's a little unclear to me about what exactly it is yeah. that he's even doing. I mean, of course, yes, Arecibo was shut down, although I don't think that's true in real life. Uh, and, and all, the te- all the all the equipment is just still there, it, sh- it just turns in on in working order, yeah. You know, it's a little weird. I mean, okay, the wow signal, okay, whatever. You know, Mulder or Scully takes it to uh, uh, that scientist and he says, Oh, this looks like the wow signal, yeah, yeah. you know. And Malter goes to Puerto Rico and finds Jorge and is there just stuck in a storm. And then the alien comes in. You know, it's like, what exactly is going on here? It's a little, to me, it's a little too
1: unclear. It does, but I think it doesn't necessarily. This is an episode in which the plot is almost completely irrelevant. Yeah. In terms of. This is in the conversation with Scully, he begins to say he begins to question Samantha's disappearance. No matter what in this show, the bedrock for Fox Mulder as a character leads to it, it all leads from the fact that when he was 12 and his sister was 8, some event happened and we actually finally see the event in this episode. Uh, she was obviously kidnapped by aliens and this has been the root of everything that is Fox, Fox Mulder's investigative career at the at the FBI. Um This is why he's gone into the X-Files. This is why he has been pushed to the boundaries of the possible or whatever the phrasing is used. If he is questioning that Samantha was kidnapped by UFOs, maybe there was a mundane reason for his disappearance, then that is how much faith he has lost in this. I mean when when he says that to Scully, she's horrified because she recognizes the deep – implications of this this is this is the it's 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 a heretical statement it's almost the equivalent of somebody catholic saying you know i don't believe jesus was really the son of god it's that much it's that strong of a statement and so this episode is about giving Mulder the push to kind of fake his faith in here's a mission even though the mission doesn't end really successful he is i I, I I love that it ends with he has the choice between the body, which Scully points out, we can't carry it and we can't get it past customs.
0: The easily pick a – Which I have a question about because does Puerto Rico have customs? It's part of the country. Well, yeah. But anyway. Either
1: way, how are you going to get a body on on a plane? It it is true. You're going to need to find – a coffin for it. You're going to gonna need to figure out how to get your cover of, oh, this is my father. And, he, you know, they, they need to be on the plane now is the implication. You know, we could get the easily pick upable stack of papers that's exactly there. Or we could get the magnetic tape that obviously has been erased by this point. But, I mean, what matters is at the end he is listening to this erased tape desperately trying to find something because his faith is back. He at least has that tiny shred that well something is on here. This was touched by something. He needs that evidence to provide his faith. But
0: well, because I think you know, key to that, of course, is this is the first time that we actually see an alien. Oh yeah, in the show, we've never seen one before to to our knowledge, and at least not a living one. At least not a living one. And I also think that that it, it is interesting for the show to to pick up Samantha's disappearance again because it was something that was you know obliquely mentioned a couple of times. In the first season, it wasn't something that was very... It wasn't beaten down. It wasn't something that came up in every episode or even every fifth episode. I think yeah. How many mentions of it did we actually have in the first The season? most
1: blatant one was the uh, religious revival one. Uh, where right. Where he actually gets visions of her a couple times. And again, it wasn't really much in terms of the plot. It was more a, hey, remember that this is his backstory kind of thing.
0: Well, because to me, you look at it and you say, okay, they, they first brought it up when Mulder was explaining, when when Mulder and Scully were, ber- were first starting to learn about each other and first starting to trust each other and work together. Mulder explained to her exactly why he's so interested in this kind of thing. And I think that that was a a transformative moment for for Scully because regardless of whether or not at that point she believed that aliens and all these weird things were actually
1: true, it, it,
0: it convinced her of Mulder's sincerity.
1: Yeah. And In the early episode's sincerity was very important to Scully. Again, remember yeah. the, the friend of hers who was just very careerist and very much contrasted with Mulder. Even if there's a mundane re- reason for Samantha's disappearance, Mulder is still trying to protect the innocent
0: at right. the end of the day. Right. And then also, you know, let's say a year later, this is a year later. I don't know exactly yeah. if it's a year later, but let's say it is. In Little Green Men, now that is the her, her disappearance, that. that basically the origin story of, of Mulder is being questioned by him. And that horrifies Scully because she knows exactly a what that means to Mulder and B what that means for their relationship and why their relationship developed the way it did. And I I think that the, the little moment to me that always uh, stands out is the, the established protocol for how Scully is going to tell Mulder that he wants to talk to him is to turn down the picture of Samantha. I mean, literally to hide Samantha (laughs) That to me is is yeah an interesting visual metaphor, if nothing else. Be-
1: and, and he's in a way he's forced to not only pick up the picture but pull off the post it, revealing her face. So yeah, it, it's forcing him to look at her for a minute.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now I want to ask you about uh, the the cigarette smoking man because this yeah. is the first time he actually speaks.
1: Uh, I thought he said something in the finale. He had like one line, I thought.
0: I don't think he – maybe one line. I don't know. I don't think he did, but maybe he did. But this is the first time he has really anything to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He's – they are certainly – in these two episodes, and you get the sense for the second season, they are interested in expanding the world a little more. You're right. This is a very confident beginning. They've had these pieces, and I think last week I said the characters are – very archetypal, and they are still using, for example, the cigarette man very archetypally, but he is a little more of a character, and he's fulfilling other functions. I mean, he – I i started laughing out loud when he has the empty cigarette pack when he doesn't know where Mulder is. I mean, that that's the most – in a way it's on the nose symbolism but it worked really well and at the end you know Skinner tells him to get out of the office and that was a very shocking moment and yet still the cigarette smoke is wafting around the room again they the it's a it's a very good series of visual metaphors that they're using in him but he is starting to I said last I think last week that I felt like the cigarette smoking man is supposed to be the guy who knows everything you know somebody knows everything and now we're even seeing that he is lim- his knowledge has limits. Nobody has the full picture of what's going on yet.
0: That is very true. I, I think the Cigarette smoking Man will become much
1: more clear to you in later yeah. episodes, of course. But Well, a question that I have is if Skinner's the assistant director who is the director— uh, well I mean the director of the FBI I think is the, the big the real life the we are intended we, we, we it's implied to be I, whoever the real life FBI director was at that point of time I, I would assume so okay. yeah I don't know who that was okay but, I didn't know if that was an implication that we're going to have an actual character who's the director and what he's dealing with or, I don't I don't
0: think so no no that, okay that, that we never meet, I don't think we ever meet the director of the FBI but but I think that well Skinner's interesting and we'll have a lot I think we'll, we'll have a conversation about Skinner when we talk about the host because he does some more interesting yeah. things but i what's interesting to me about what skinner does in, in in little green men of course is that he is challenging the cigarette smoking man perhaps for the first time because the cigarette smoking man seems shocked he yeah. seems shocked because skinner is challenging but he also seems shocked because i don't think he's used to being challenged or told what to do to yeah. stop and also what's interesting to me about that scene is that when skinner tells him to get out of his office he still is he's still exercising a little bit of his power yeah. he's taken his time and he's lighting a cigarette and you know yeah. he's not just leaving immediately because he needs to establish some sort of fuck you to them
1: yeah but at the same time he is also leaving i mean i think there's there's a very interesting flexing of muscles that's going on in that scene and i think one of the Why I'm finding Skinner so hard to read after this episode is I legitimately don't know how to read the levels of power that are going on because – and and frankly, I think the the characters are probably in this situation as well. The power is suddenly fluctuating, sparked probably by Mulder and Scully's actions. What they have done has certainly caused – the sit- situations to shift and people's relationships to shift about. But that said, it feels like this was a co- this wall was a house of cards that was going to collapse <laughs> at any moment. No conspiracies upon conspiracies lasts long enough. It's going to implode. We are going to see some of the effects of this imploding. Yeah, over absolutely. the course of the a- absolutely, yeah.
0: And I mean, maybe the final thing to point out is that. It is still a very classic X Files episode, of course, because they lose all the evidence of the aliens. They have no evidence again. Uh, They still don't have any evidence of aliens. Deep Throat is dead. Mulder and Scully went to his funeral. You know, what what's going on there, we don't know, but it is still the case where at the end of the episode they have no more information than they did at the beginning, really, although they do have these experiences. Well,
1: as, as Mulder says, we have nothing but evidence and yet no evidence at all. They he, He's seen so much. They have seen so much they cannot deny, but... He can't take, for example, a tank of an alien-human hybrid home in his pocket. They can't bring the body of someone who died through alien-related things home. They can't even yeah. do an autopsy of it. They can't reconstruct the tape that's been wiped. They uh, they can't spend enough time, and so, yeah, they, they can't prove anything. But then that is the point of faith in a way is that evidence – may strengthen it but it isn't the it isn't what causes it.
0: Yeah, cuz I mean really the 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 point of the alien scene at the Arecibo observatory yeah. is to reestablish Mulder's faith and get rid of his yeah. doubt that the disappearance of his sister actually happened the way he remembered it because that I think is the moment when yeah, he yeah. realizes Oh. This is exactly the like this is exactly what happened when Samantha disappeared. Yeah. Things were shaking and there were It's weird not lights. just false
1: memories or suggestions. It's actually happening that way.
0: Right. I mean, you know, we we don't know, of course. I mean, we see an alien. Yeah. But do we see an alien? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that there are the, the show is still not I don't think you're... I, I mean, I don't think you think that the show is ever going to go down the road of having Mulder
1: meet an alien and they have a conversation the, He's not, coffee, There's, there's not going to be a third character who's the wacky alien sidekick, no. No. I, I, it, it, they, that may have happened in an alternate reality where the X-Files ratings were bad, but who knows? <laughs> uh, Mulder, Scully, and Donnie the alien. Hey! Let's talk about the host. Okay, let's talk about those. As a gross-out horror episode... This war was wonderful. There were so many parts I couldn't look at the screen. This was a really, sc- this I think may have has been probably the scariest episode so far.
0: Yeah, they've really. Yeah. Uh, this episode really ramped up the, oh. the tension a lot. It's oh my it's God. Very well done. Yeah. Now, of oh. course, part of that is it's great that it's water because you can't actually see in there. No, you have no idea what's <laughs> going on.
1: That said, you know, knowing the tricks doesn't re- doesn't make me lose my respect for it i still didn't see something scary the sound design was uh
0: i mean the sound design is great the way it's directed is great the lighting yeah uh the costume i mean the, the makeup yeah. is, is fantastic as well i mean that fluke man thing is just <laughs> like oh my
1: god it didn't matter that it didn't really make much sense by the end and there was him just vague talk about chernobyl uh, Again, sometimes they, I think
0: you would have had a problem with that though if this episode had taken place early in the first season,
1: and that may be the case. Um, I think maybe I've just surrendered to it. It's true, but again, let's go back to my good buddy Gene Tooms. I didn't find Gene Tooms scary, and so the fact that his origin made no sense didn't, you know, didn't endure him. It didn't endear him to me. Yeah. I found Flukeman terrifying, and if it, 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 I, I I was too busy, you know, hiding under the bed to worry about how little his origin story made sense in a way.
0: I think that's true, and I also think that you don't really ask those questions at first because yeah. the show is doing a much better job of misdirecting
1: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, you're not focused on what exactly the fl- where did the Fluke Man go to college because <laughs> <laughs> you're worried about the guy who just fell into. The water, yeah, flashing, you know, flailing around.
1: Also, they don't. The fluke man never passes for human at any point. So, unlike Toomes, who we have to ask, well, how did he pay his rent? You know, what did he do? What does when Gene Toomes goes into his job at payday? What is his routine? How does he go to the bank? You know, we we have to ask all these questions. Whereas this guy, you know, we can just assume, yeah, he's going to go towards whatever is dark and smelly.
0: Well, just wait for the sequel episode. Fluke man goes to a basketball game. No, I think you're. I think you're right. But you, know, I find this episode very interesting because it's doing a very particular thing, and it's doing it in a very interesting way. And that is, it is showing exactly why the X Files were important. Hmm, yeah, because Mulder is still able to pull this off. He's still able to. Well, he cuts the fluke man in half, but they do have a body. They capture the thing alive at first, and he's in the psychiatric ward, which is... There's no way to ever... They didn't capture the Jersey Devil. They did not... You know, those kind of things, right? And so they didn't capture a ghost. They never... They had all this circumstantial evidence, but they never actually captured the actual thing as they did in this episode. And so this is the primary... Proof. This is the actual thing that is killing these people. It is clearly not human. Whatever it is, they don't know. They have pictures of it. They've got a dead body. And that, I think, is key to the end of the episode because now we've got this mysterious person on the phone calling Mulder and and whispering in his ear The X Files must be reopened. Yeah. You know, it's like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) You have a friend at the FBI. You know, like all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's a little creepy, but whatever. Uh, But it is the case where it has to be this profoundly solved because otherwise they could still go around it or light it. And say, oh, well, there's all the circumstantial evidence, but we don't have a body or we don't
1: have the actual guy or whatever, and
0: that's not the case at this point. It's clearly not human because we're not talking about a tomb situation either.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was – it reminds me very much of the pilot where they're saying, you know, you have no evidence. She's like, bam, this is in my jacket pocket. Uh just as Scully, uh, yeah, because yes, yeah, Scully is always pushing Mulder to get the version of the story that has all of the evidence that they can explain, that they can bring into a court of law. They find you're right, they finally have it. There is, I, I mean, at the end of this episode, Skidder says, you know, yeah, this should have been an X file. And Mulder is saying, if I had been on that, this would have been solved earlier. It would have been, you know, that guy might not have died. We would have been, and who knows if other people are going to be in danger at this point, certainly. The poor dude wouldn't have fallen into the sewers. Um, I liked him. Uh, Which guy? The, the 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 boss of, like, the sewer people. Oh, know? yeah.
0: The sewer people? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think that that's what they're called, but <sighs> all right. Uh yeah, no, I liked him too. Did he die? I don't know if I the episode actually answered mm, that question.
1: No, I think they they got him out of the river, out of the sewer. Well, it seemed like the,
0: the 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 fluke man wasn't exactly trying to bite him. He was just trying to get back to the ocean for whatever yeah. reason. So okay, that's fine. Yeah. Well, I let's talk about Skinner because we kind of elided yeah. the conversation about Skinner. I wanted to save it for for this episode because we can talk about both Skinners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, In in this episode and you seem to have conflicting feelings about Skinner. You can't really figure him out. I think that that is intentional. Yeah. The I show mean, is doing some misdirection with Skinner. And I think that, you know, that's why when you said last week, yeah. Oh, he's a company man and he's just going to do what people tell him. Well, yeah, no, I th- he's a lot more. I think you're for, I, I will just say this: Skinner is a lot more human and he is much more of a character yeah. than you think he is. And
1: part of me wonders if, as late as he really only appeared once, maybe twice in the first season, I believe, and I just once i believe and I wonder if that's a case where you know we, we they may have changed the direction on his character, I'm not sure or whatever, or you also I, I, as I said. All of these power plays have seem to have been in a very uncomfortable stasis. People like Deep Throat were trying to make their moves. People like the Cigarette Smoking Man were trying to counter them. And I think Skinner, in the middle of this, was biding his time. Again, now that he sees Mulder and Scully have made moves that are starting to actually— things are actually starting to happen. He, I, see, I mean, he is towing a very fine line. I don't know if he's— Full on trying to do the deep throat thing, where he's trying to work work within the system and get all of this stuff out. But he's he's certainly doing a little more than just giving Mulder punishment assignments. And frankly, I think he, I think Skinner's frustrations may be that Mulder is not showing the same patience that he might have had to have shown.
0: Yeah, that's part of it. I think absolutely. He,
1: Mulder is you know, S- Skinner is somebody who. Has maybe been astute enough to realize that when he's handed assignment that looks out of left field, that looks like a punishment assignment, maybe it's a hint that no, you know, you actually need to be really looking at this one because this is that subtle and this is going to be your jump to another spot. Again, he became assistant director for a reason, we assume. But
0: I will play devil's advocate though, at least on Mulder's part. And yes, and why would Mulder have any reason to think that? Because from Mulder's perspective, they got passed around to Skinner, you know, cuz remember yeah. they they had the other assistant director yeah, guy, the yeah, yeah, yeah. pilot, and I think he appeared once more and he's gone now. And now we have Mitch Pileggi as Skinner. Now, of course, I think that's partially because Mitch Pileggi is just a more interesting yeah. actor. He's doing more interesting work. He's another hot daddy type. Someone on the stat, someone on the the casting really liked hot daddy types apparently. <laughs> uh we do get to see him with the shirt off in a later episode oh. and it is very nice. Uh but it is the case where <laughs> I don't think that Mulder what what I like about it is that it doesn't make anybody out to be stupid. Yeah. I don't I don't think that Mulder is wrong to be pissed off at at Skinner because what has Skinner done? He has closed the X-files yeah. and he has put him on bullshit wiretapping cases and 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 fucked him over because he's saying oh we don't have enough evidence when Mulder knows they have yeah. enough evidence. I mean let's not forget Mulder is supposed to be like 35 or something. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. been in the he's been on the FBI he's been in the FBI for a number of years. He has the experience. He knows when you have enough evidence to close a case and to and to convict people or to charge them with things. And he knows that Skinner is is dicking around with him a little bit.
1: Yeah, even if he's going on to a bullshit murder case, that's, you know, well you got to pay your dues now, you know. We got your from wiretapping to, you know, now you have an actual case, and if you solve that, maybe we'll give you a better, you know, as you say, I'm 35, I was past this 10 years ago when I finished the Academy, I was even beyond that. Because we we are told his early career was extremely uh, successful uh, until he started going really deep into the X-Files. So yeah, he does kind of feel like he's being put through paces that even – even in the worst case, he does not deserve to be put through.
0: Yeah. He, I don't think he thinks he's he deserves to be put through. I think that Mulder to some degree. I mean, that's we'll, yeah. we'll talk about his frustrations with the FBI and his discussions about possibly leaving, which, of course, I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything. It <laughs> no, doesn't no. actually happen. But it is the case where I look at someone like Skinner, and I mean, I, I'm fascinated by his character. I obviously know a lot more about him than yeah. you do. but you know did his line at the end of this episode you know where Mulder says you had a pair of agents that could have handled a case like this this guy would have been alive perhaps if we had still been on the x-files and Skinner you know basically essentially yeah. concedes the point and says yeah i know but we all take our orders from somewhere i think that i mean my question for you is where do you get a sense that cuz you seem to think that Skinner was just Uh, kind of a robotic character like the cigarette-smoking man. And now with something like that, you kind of think, okay, maybe that's not the case. I
1: mean, I'm almost getting the sense that hes I'm not sure what Skinner's endgame is, but it almost seems like he was... It seems like Mulder is essentially putting together Skinner's case for the X-Files for him. You get the sense that... Skinner's plausible deniability was I had this agent, you know, I put him on, you know, wiretap duty, you know, to punish him. I, you know, this was another punishment assignment. It so happened that this case turned out to be this gigantic thing with this crazy fluke creature and something. And, you know, Mulder and Scully happened to work together and they solved it. You know, this is concrete evidence for why the X-Files need to be reopened. I mean, it seems like Skinner is... Trying to very subtly put that case together.
0: Yes, I believe so. And I think that I don't think that Skinner wanted to close the X Files. And I don't think that Skinner really. He's got an interesting attitude here because I think he's walking a very fine line. And he wants Mulder and Scully to think that he's a hard ass and he wants them to think that he doesn't really like the x files or something but that's not the case and i don't know i guess my question is always in my mind because at the end of I you mean- know the end of little green men he is realizing that perhaps the cigarette smoking man who's always hanging around in his office who i don't think it works for the fbi i mean i don't think fbi agents have access to like a pentagon Huh. Uh, uh, archive. Right. I mean, yeah. the FBI and and the military don't really interact very much. I mean, this is you yeah, know yeah, yeah. that that's not a thing. So the cigarette smoking man, whoever he is, whoever he works for, uh, has cross governmental agency. Yeah. He can go wherever he wants and do whatever he wants. He's got, you know, alpha clearance to go anywhere, whatever the fuck he wants to do. And the
1: show has established that there are these super, super, super secret governmental organizations within that, you know, I can accept that. All right, he's in one of them. Yeah.
0: He he's in the X Files section thirty-one. Yeah. But but I think that what what it really comes down to is that, you know, Skinner may not have thought that way until that moment. Hmm. And I think that's... Because Skinner, to me, is always reading as someone who, especially at the end of The Host, he's upset. He knows that that man did not have to die. And just in the same way that Mulder, regardless of whether or not he wants to find out whether or not aliens exist, he does want to protect people. And that's primarily what what he's about. And I think that Skinner is also about that, too. And Skinner is someone who obviously does not go out and work cases anymore. He has a desk, desk job. But... I think he still has that impulse and I think he realizes now. I think that what, what you're seeing is that Mulder and Skinner and then, of course, by, def, by definition, uh, Scully as well and Skinner are, are all starting to figure out exactly yeah. who they are. And it's a nice way for the show to highlight the point that you can't trust anyone, but you don't know who to trust yeah. because that's the corollary of that. I
1: mean, I think Skinner could even be a little more complex than that. I think he can fully support the X-Files and believe that Mulder's a brilliant agent and still be really pissed that he doesn't follow the rules. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Skinner might even like – uh, uh, Well, it makes Skinner's life harder. Uh, yeah, it, it's true. Again, if, if Skinner's plan was what I outlined earlier, from his view, if Mulder had just done the investigation, he would have come up upon it anyway if he just stayed down there, swallowed his pride you know, called Scully and have her do the investigation, and then they would have found this, they, we would be in the same place. He wouldn't have wasted an extra day flying, you know, coming back here to yell at me. Right. And, you know, maybe it would have been, you know, if only you follow the rules. I mean, I can see him being a little more receptive to Scully, who no, does want to work more within the system, or at least recognizes that. If you work without the system, it's going to cause a lot of hassle. They're dealing with people who like the system.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I think that that comes down to to Mulder's conversation with Scully about leaving the FBI. And yeah. He's thinking about leaving the FBI because he's so frustrated. And she basically says, Well, look, I think that's by design. I think that would be a mistake. You know, you don't want to do this because yeah. you don't have, the, you know, what are you going to do? You know, he's like, Well, yeah. I'm going to continue my work with the paranormal in other yeah. ways. And okay, well, Mulder has been working for the FBI for ten years. I don't know how well the FBI pays, but I'm assuming it pays fairly well. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have a family. He doesn't seem to go on vacation. He doesn't seem to spend any money whatsoever. So he's probably got a lot of money socked yeah. away from ten years working for the FBI. So okay, he's going to go off and he's going to become. He's going to go to the lone gunman and say, "Hey, do you want another gunman? Yeah.
1: But but simply enough, I mean, how many experts do they go? Do they have access to in the FBI? That's gone. Yeah, that's all <laughs> gone. And also,
0: Scully is gone. Yeah, I mean, she's not going to leave the FBI and, and go open an investigate, you know, no. paranormal investigation firm with Mulder. So that that's key to that as well. And I think that what what you're seeing is that Skinner is frustrated with, with well, he's frustrated with both of them. But you got the one side of that in the conversation with with Scully, where she's talking about their their clearance rate, and now you get the other half of that where. Scully is a much – she's a more buttoned-up character. She's someone who is going to play the game a little more because yeah. she realizes that that's the way that you can color outside the line sometimes, Yeah. Uh, to mix my metaphors a little bit. Whereas Mulder is just he's, – he's half-cocked all the time. He doesn't give a yeah. shit. He's going to burst into Skinner's office and yell at him, essentially. <laughs> for in the middle him a little, of a meeting. Right, in, in the middle of a meeting, and Skinner is going to be like, you know what? I don't have any time for this, and I'm just going to berate you and tell you exactly what's up. And I don't think I think Skinner is good for Mulder because he's going. It seems like he is pushing Mulder, frankly, into into being a better agent to yeah. some degree. But also that Mulder is realizing that just because someone is by the book doesn't mean that they don't know what's up.
1: Yeah, they. Uh, uh, yeah, Mulder in some ways needs a translator. But I think Scully and Skinner are trying in various ways to. Uh, to help him learn the language in a way, I think he – the thing is Scully is very – Scully at this point not only has she worked with him for a season but I think generally is more attuned to him and recognizes that, all right, how do you get Mulder to straighten up and fly right? He's not the kind of person who you yell at him, you tell him he's wrong. No, you need to just listen to what you're to- – that's not going to work with him even even when he is – recognize, e- even if Mulder kind of gets a clue at the end of the episode that if he'd played a little less crazy, he, w- he would have had an easier time of things, uh, Mulder was still the kind of person who was going to bristle to that. Scully realizes that, yeah, well, I'll just listen to the hymn. it doesn't diminish me, and then I can do what I actually want, and this frees me up to, frankly, by being such a good and by-the-book agent— People, for example, don't really pay as close attention to her when she's doing this business with feeding the fish or something like that. Mulder, they would have a complete eye on during that scene.
0: Well, I think also that scene from Little Green Men is so important because it establishes that their relationship is is known. Yeah. I mean, it, it they don't question the fact that Mulder would have asked Scully to go feed yeah, his yeah, fish, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I think also, you know, we haven't really talked about uh, Scully that much in either of these episodes, and I think primarily it's because she's not in the episodes that much. No. But that's by design, of course. I mean, I mentioned last week that she, Gillian Anderson was pregnant and they okay. were working around that. So part of the part of the brilliance of closing the X-Files at the end of the first yeah, season yeah. And separating the two of them is that you can have Mulder go off and do the investigation, the field work, and Scully can sit behind a desk, hide her stomach, yeah. and... Do research do re- day,
1: do an autopsy, yeah.
0: Right. And so I think that that works really nicely. But at the same time, she is still invested in this. She is still involved in yeah. this. She does still want to help Mulder. Maybe even he doesn't want her help, but mm. he, he, or he can't admit he wants her help or something like that. But
1: Well, I think he's realizing that, again, he says when he lost her for – lost working with her that really did unmoor him. He has nobody he can trust now and so – yeah, he's being very defensive. He's not gonna let her in a little bit and then lose her again and then have to start again. Yeah. Yeah. He he can he he's barely surviving this time. He he has to put a lot of walls up and until his situation is a little more secure. Yeah. Again, which is why but the funny part is that working things Scully's way will probably help things get a little more secure.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's true. Well, okay, so maybe the the last thing to talk about it then is is a uh, deep throat part two because we have this new shadowy yeah. person who is calling Mulder and telling him bizarre leading statements about having friends in the FBI, uh perhaps sliding the weekly world news under yeah. Scully's door and making the connection between the dead body and the the Russian. Um
1: I don't know that there's much to say there. Yeah, but it's just a couple of cryptic lines here and there. But yeah, the it,
0: it, I think it's it's interesting because it's it, both the Skinner work that these two episodes are doing and the new FBI informant guy, whoever that is, yeah, uh, is setting up the ongoing storyline about how the X Files are going to get reopened because. I think that the show probably could have gotten away with them just running around doing random things for a few episodes and then suddenly the X-Files were reopened. Yeah. But I don't think it would have felt true. And so it's really interesting to me that the show is going to all these lengths to do the the groundwork to show exactly why the FBI would reopen the X-Files. I, I mean, to your point about Little Green Men feeling like it's actually happening, I think that that's going a long way towards this as well. It is that still it's that kind of milieu in a way. It's that kind yeah, of yeah. feeling. You know, they want to make this real. They can't just say, oh, this is a television show called The X-Files. Yeah. So we're going to reopen the X-Files. Yeah. They I want mean, you to believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, again, they they're they're it's weird the show trying towards realism at certain points, even as I mean I think that helps the show feel very grounded. We are dealing with some Fantastic and in some cases ridiculous concepts. Anything in paranormal American folklore that you can think of, the show will eventually do. And so, not Bigfoot, not Bigfoot, uh, but keeping it into that little uh, thing. Just how like Sunnydale does not believe in leprechauns. Yes, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, keeping that ground, keep keeping that grounding in the characters, in some actual history, in. What everybody thinks, or at least at the time, is going on in the government. Uh, I don't know. It, it 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 makes the show feel very vibrant and vital in a lot of ways. This isn't just a dumb, frothy sitcom or a little, you know, it's not a simple morality tale or anything like that. I think it's it's. I don't know. It's I. I am I am already liking season two a lot better than season one. Like this is with season one being the ground uh work, I think now it's able to build some much more sophisticated stories.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, I think if you look at at the first season of the show as the groundwork, as the foundation yeah. for, for where the show is going to go, uh it was obviously a very strong foundation. The show yeah. was doing well on the ratings enough that it got renewed. But it's now. I think there's a renewed sense of confidence. There's a real sense that they know what they're doing, and they're going to be even more ambitious with
1: what they're doing. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, when you see people responding to your, you maybe can't start with. And again, especially if this is the the start of a new style of storytelling, and if, if this is the start of certain new techniques, your audience might not necessarily follow you down that right away. If if the, but. After they've demonstrated that the first season is a success, people are coming for the second season, you could do a little more and you'll still have them.
0: I think so, yeah. I think that's true.
1: I, I Just a quick mention. Scully is really good at, put, at pulling passwords out of her ass, isn't she? And last week, the purity control and now with trust no number one.
0: Well, I think from from Erlenmeyer Flask, I think that. I think it's unclear as to whether or not she was pulling that out of her Yeah. Ass.
1: But- it, 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 it was a put it this way Scully is probably the best secret agent. She is better than any other secret agent we've seen on the show. I mean, those two agents in the airport were horrible.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: like, huh. you know, she's just like, I, you know, I picture, I just in, in DNTD terms, you know, in both sequences, she's just rolling 20s and she's just really that good at it.
0: I mean, let's be fair. She does try two or three other passwords before she hits on trust no one. And uh, it was a different era. Yeah. We didn't have all these crazy password rules about uppercase, lowercase letters and characters. I know. And I can't
1: even remember my own password. It has to
0: be eight digits or whatever the fuck you have to do now. So, yeah, I think that that's what was happening back then in 1994. With, and
1: with the version of DOS that you use a mouse on.
0: I don't know what that's about either, <laughs> but that's a... Very interesting. Well, that's a, it's, a, it's an alternate
1: reality, mm. perhaps. Oh, my God. That's the first sign of alien technology. It's in our homes.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode of the podcast. If you have any thoughts on either of the episodes of The X-Files we just talked about, please leave a comment on the post for this episode of the podcast at tuninginshow.com. As mentioned before, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Show. It has been brought to my attention that some people do not know what Patreon is, It is a way for you to donate monthly if you enjoy our podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. We also have another podcast truck about. This week we are talking about the Star Trek Voyager episodes, Non-Sequitur and Twisted. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tuning In Show is there. Tuning In Show is our username in all those places, so follow us. And as always, please leave us an iTunes review for tuning in. Next week we continue our Voyage... <gasps> into season two of The X-Files by talking about blood and Ew. sleepless. Why do you...